Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trimbicki. Yo! Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Egina, a.k.a. Daddy Prep. And. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Uh, we have Hell in a Cell a week from Sunday. No pay per view to review or preview. I don't have a ton of notes. Uh, but before we get into the show, obviously subscribe on iTunes and please leave a five star rating and review. First couple of things I want to knock out of the way real quick. Monday's Raw was the 8th lowest rated Raw in the history of the show. And here's what's actually interesting about that. Not that it was the 8th lowest rated ever, but that the other 7 that were worse than it were all within the last 9 months. So the 8 lowest Raw rated Raw episodes have all happened since December. All of them have been in 2019? Yep. Well, no. Two of them. One was uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So two of them were the last two weeks of 2018, and then the other seven were all in 2019. So probably not great. (laughs) Well, at least it's not as bad as it was as those last two, as those two in the the year last year, because those were abysmal. You mean the ratings, or you mean the quality of the show? The quality of the show, because just because a rating isn't that great, doesn't mean the show isn't decent or better than what it, it perceives to be from the rating. Right. It just means that nobody's watching. Like, they legitimately have lost fans. Um, But in positive news, I would say, for WWE, the NXT debut did 1.17 million viewers on USA, which I'm surprised by. I'm surprised it was that high. How do you guys feel about that rating? Was that what you expected, or did that exceed your expectations? Uh, I mean... I don't. I don't necessarily know what the landmark of it should be. I don't really know what their weekly viewership was or on the network. I kind of would have expected it to be over one and a half, just you know, without no research. So I don't really think find that to be amazing. But I guess if it's over a million, I guess that's cool for them. Prep, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think the number I threw out was a million. So for them to go over, for me, that's a win. Uh, it's clearly going to tail off this week, but um, I don't know if it'll tail off too much. If they hit 900000 or more, then it's still a win. And what do you think about their, uh, like, when they actually have competition on Wednesday nights? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be, like, drastically cut in half or what's going to happen because they're actually, like, I, I don't know how many of you guys watched tonight. But, like, it sounds like they're, like, stacking up a good show. Like, all the titles are on the line. Um, So I think think they're going to do pretty good. So you don't think AEW will split the audience per se? Well, I'll just say that I'll be watching both, so it doesn't 
it doesn't stop me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what everybody else is going to be doing. Fair enough. And Alo, your thoughts on those ratings for NXT? Yeah, I think it was a good sign because for your first week to put a rating in that's not too far for what you got to get off of SmackDown, I thought it was great. And it finished fourth in the, the Wednesday weekly television line. I can't remember the, the shows that was behind. I, I know Love & Hip Hop, I believe, was one of them. I think I'm almost positive, but for a four, <laughs> for a four spot for a show that that's that some people feel that the, a lot of people don't watch. I think that's a good that's a good first week to go off of. And like Prep said, like they're stacking next week's show up. And as much as Ryan, I know you weren't happy about Candice LeRae being mm-hmm. in the NXT Women's Title match, but that's what that audience, like the AEW audience, that's the kind of Superstar they like that's probably never really got a chance, and that's Candice LeRae. So, you know, I don't know if you saw that Matt Riddle's now challenging Adam Cole for the NXT title on that show too next week. So, is that is it, they're stacking it up, and that that's what they have to do now for eight um, since AEW is coming back coming to debut on TV next week, and, and they're going to be going, going head to head. I'm not sure if you heard about like WWE bringing back Pyro and stuff. Because AEW will probably have pyro and stuff, so, and we also know that it's just about confirmed that we're going to get new stages for both Raw and SmackDown next week too. So, as much as people view it as competition, like Eric's favorite, Eric and Prep's favorite, CM Punk said, "Why can't you like both?" Right? <laughs> you know. But we're going to have a good next week in particular. We're going to have a great week of wrestling. So yeah, Pat, why can't you it. like both? Because I don't like either. <laughs> <laughs> How excited were you for the AEW ads this week, huh? Uh, I'm I'm always excited for the AEW ads. Um, oh. Just because, like I said, it's it's it is the alternative. Wait, you're so always I'm excited. You just said you don't even like both. Well, it was a joke. I thought it'd be funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by the NXT rating. Um, I did not see the Matt Riddle thing. But I, I know I said a couple weeks ago that like my Jericho and um, Booker T were going to be Bianca Belair and the Velveteen Dream. I do have to throw Matt Riddle in there too because I've had a long history of being a fan of Matt Riddle long before he was even a pro wrestler. So Matt Riddle gets uh, shielded from enemy status for NXT for me. I don't um, know how – I was talking to a coworker about this. I don't know how much longer that dude is going to be there. Because he's probably not living up to the uh, wellness policy. <laughs> no, not even that. I think there's the like social a, media uh, stuff or that, and I just think that he's not a like a model <laughs> employee or coworker. Supposedly Triple H is pretty high on him. You think? Yeah, that coworker stuff does seem always odd to me. Yeah, I feel like he kind of does his own thing. I mean, I'll I'll love him till the end for his. Uh, one-sided feud with Goldberg. I love that. Uh, I'll never get enough of that. I loved when the video came out of uh, William and Ziggler in Vegas. And Matt Real tweeted, like, why didn't you do that when you saw me? <laughs> like, Because <laughs> I would love to. Matt, let's just say it. Matt Riddle would beat the brakes off of William. <laughs> and I personally would love to see it. Do we actually think the Ziggler thing was real? I don't think it was. I wish it was, but I don't think so. It would actually make me care about Dolph if that was real, but I don't think it was. Does anybody think that was real? No. I don't, I don't know. Because, like, the clip was, like, what, five seconds? Yeah. And that's all you saw? 
You just heard Dolph saying, "Do something, do something." It's like, no, oh. yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was real. Um, the next thing I kind of wanted to get to. This was the final episode of SmackDown Live on Tuesday nights. We got what about three years of SmackDown Live? Just about. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ayla, I'll go with you first. What do you feel was like the legacy of SmackDown Live, if there even is one? Uh, I would start. Uh, it was the first show, kind of like to like em- break the fourth wall, if you know what I mean. Like embrace certain mm-hmm. things. Like, like the- it gave us talking smack, and talking smack was somewhat. Even though SmackDown's only two hours, Talking Smack was like that extension to SmackDown to give us an extra half hour, and it built like so many feuds and gave us so many moments. So, and remember when SmackDown first started, it was light years better than Raw, and we came on the show and, and championed it every single week, and like it made guys like The Miz a big deal, AJ Styles shine brighter than ever on SmackDown. Like it gave us a lot of good stuff. It's just over the long haul, didn't hold up. But SmackDown Live, like, in the short time that it was around, that's the only thing I can really say. It kind of, like, broke the fourth wall and made us think, okay, is this real? Like, especially with the whole Miz and Daniel Bryan stuff. Yeah. Uh, Prep, what do, what do you think? What What is the, the legacy to you of SmackDown Live? Uh. I think Ayla just touched on it. It was fantastic when, like, the Talking Smack era. And then from there, it just kind of leveled out and just became, like, another show. Yeah. Uh, I do think that the last few, like, the last six months have been pretty interesting. Even before that, like, the whole Kofi run has been a lot of fun to watch. Whether whether you like the matches or not, uh, I think that has brought, like the SmackDown era a little up on USA, but I think we have a lot more to look forward to, whether you like Brock or not. <laughs> <laughs> and Eck, do you have any thoughts on the legacy of SmackDown Live? I, I do. Some some positive ones to piggyback off of what my two friends just mentioned there. Um, I, I think in hindsight, years from now, I think if you think of SmackDown Live, if you think of that logo... Uh, I think everyone should have fond memories of that first year. Um, I think they had some really good TV. Like Aaron said, they, they broke the wall, as both Aaron and Prep said. Um, you know, Talking Smack was amazing. That pretty much whole era with Talking Smack um, is, you know, we will laugh with me saying this, but with how good The Miz touted the Intercontinental title, um, we got to see the <laughs> WWE Championship change hands on SmackDown maybe three times. Um, you know, it was Dean Ambrose's only time. He was kind of a focal point. Um, James Ellsworth had some fun on there. Um, and it, prep even just mentioned about the matches. Uh, I may, asked a question, you know, a couple years ago on here where are raw and SmackDown main events underrated or overrated. And I think, I find myself often I may catch like a clip of something on Instagram or YouTube and watch a match from the past eight years while I was watching. And I had no idea this match was that good just because you're just going through the motions watching these long shows and you don't really pay attention to how good a match may be. SmackDown definitely did give us a lot of really good wrestling. It always was between Raw and SmackDown. That was more of the wrestling show. So 
definitely, I think, fond memories of this era. I, I hope uh, Friday nights can live up to it. I think it'll have a hard time with being on Friday, but. Yeah, it is going to be different. Uh, so for me, the, the legacy for me personally is twofold. Like on the one side of it, we got to see, we talked about this when they, when they first started, that like Raw got most of the established talent and SmackDown took a lot of the kind of up-and-coming talent that they wanted to develop into the next wave. So part of SmackDown's legacy for me is that we got to see a lot of those people grow into prominent roles on SmackDown. Like Alexa Bliss comes to mind. Like we saw her become a star right in front of our eyes in those first few months on SmackDown Live. Uh, and she was not the only one. Uh, Talking Smack, obviously, the like the the storytelling they were able to get out of that, I thought was great. And for a, a long stretch, like it was the far superior weekly product overall. But unfortunately, for me, the the flip side of the SmackDown Live legacy is I think it was a big part of what made me really disinterested in WWE because it just became oversaturated. It became too much. It brought us like a pay-per-view every other week and it just became like a full-time job to keep up with it and it made me really lose interest. So that would be my two-fold legacy. Like there's some really good but there's also some really bad. Now I think what we have to look forward to is, Brock like I Lesnar. said, <laughs> yes, we have Brock to look forward to and I think also... I said this either last week or the week before that like we may actually get like a true distinction between the two shows now where you're not just watching like a jumbled muddled like WWE two days a week. You might be getting like an actual separate different couple hours of programming, which I hope is how it goes. Um, But yeah, I I think SmackDown Live for the most part had a good run, especially for what it was. Uh, we had a lot of good feuds, a lot of good stories, I think a lot of good matches. We got to see the rise of, of Kofi Kingston like you guys talked about. So, yeah, I think I think overall, aside from my personal disinterest that developed over those few years, I think SmackDown Live was a successful show, even with the wild card rule and everybody showing up and coming and going as they pleased. Uh, next thing I have is we had The Fiend attack Braun Strowman which I thought this was excellent I thoroughly like I was thoroughly happy with the way that he took out Braun uh because obviously nobody else has done that yet I thought we had a good episode of the Firefly Funhouse where he ended up breaking the uh Seth Rollins figure in half I know that probably broke your guys hearts it's only a basic (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, back on basics real quick you know both the niece's hands are fist closed fist really i sort of shades of finn balor <laughs> i need that by the way you need what no i told him i saw the ch- uh, the niece chase mm. at walmart today the chase uh, is the silver not the brown yeah right? uh-huh if you see it when you go back um gotcha all right, back to Seth Rollins broken in half. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that the the whole, like, the match is Seth versus The Fiend, but The Fiend did not settle for just going after Seth Rollins. Did anybody else really enjoy the visual of seeing, like, Seth crumpled up in the corner while that was going on? Yeah, I even <laughs> enjoyed, like, 
like I don't know if it was I don't know if it was like Bray making a noise, but you can kind of see like Braun like making these noises, trying mm-hmm. to like like he's battling like the struggle, like, fighting the yeah, fighting fighting the claw. I thought that was great because like he's the giant and and the fiend taking out the giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prep. Any thoughts on the fiend taking out Braun Strowman? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like him taking out Braun that much, because uh, Braun gets cheesy when he's <laughs> like going against somebody who's going to beat him. So like the lights turn off and all you hear is Braun go, "Where were you?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is awful." And then like Braun trying to sell the mandible claw, I just did not like. And then and then he just like. It's on for like five seconds, and then he walks like he starts to crawl towards Seth. And Seth is not a good actor. <laughs> it's like the worst horror movie I've ever seen. <laughs> See, maybe this is where me just like watching the clip comes in handy. It's because I feel like I'm almost separated from the actual product. Um, Eck, what about you? I th- I thought it was done right just because I was almost annoyed by the match. I'm like, wow, Braun's going to lose again, or does Braun beat Seth, and what's the point of Seth losing? So I thought they handled it right. Uh, and then, Prep, I actually have like a follow-up question for you, because I think you might have been the first one of us to say that you hope once that first run of Firefly Funhouse ends, like you hope that's not the end of it. Are you happy that they've kept it around, and have you been like satisfied with what they've been doing with it? Um, I want them to transition and do something where they don't address the fiend, mm-hmm. like because I want them to kind of separate. Like I always said it from the beginning, like I want to see like the separation between Bray Wyatt and the fiend. Like I still think there is a missed opportunity without having that Bray Wyatt in a sweater, like in the flesh. Right. I actually totally agree with that. That's one of the complaints I have is like Michael Cole always referring to him as Bray Wyatt when the fiend is out there. Yeah. Like to me, like you said, don't do that. Let it be two separate entities. Uh, and I, I also do agree. Like I would love to see an Eck. I know you've talked about this a lot. Uh, like would love to see the Funhouse Bray show up like at the show, not just in the Firefly Funhouse. I also like the idea of, like, you remember when Kane was feuding with Rollins, and when he was corporate Kane, he had, like, when Seth would accuse him of him, like, the demon Kane attacking him, he played dumb. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish, like, like, I would like Bray Wyatt to be in, like, the Blue's Clues gear in the back, and, like, Braun comes up to him all pissed, and he's like, how are you, Fred? I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> yeah, like, a. Perhaps it's a good way to put it, that it's a missed opportunity because it gives you like a little extra layer of this story. And it just makes me wonder how much did they have planned out when this really started and how much are they rushing it now that it became so popular? Like, Do you feel like that's maybe the issue here is that they are rushing it? Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're rushing it yet. And, and contrary to popular belief, I don't think he's been overexposed either. Mm-hmm. I still think that it's still uh, it still feels fresh and new. So I I think it's fine. Um, he is like the hottest thing in the WWE. So if I was them, I'd try to build on it. Halo, you have any further thoughts? 
Yeah, to go off what Eric said about the uh, the Kane split personalities thing, and me, I know you talk, me and you touch on us a lot about him sh- having the struggle between himself and the Fiend. Well, th- you might this might be looking too fu- too far into it, but have you guys seen the poster for Hell in a Cell? Yeah, like the half, the half yeah, and it, half. It, yeah, so I know I know how. Pay per view posters could be deceiving and all, but one of my one of my fears may actually happen if Seth does end up winning this match because there's no such thing as a DQ in a Hell in a Cell match. What if what if Seth does win this and it is because of, like, of a power struggle between a personality between Bray Wyatt and the Fiend? Yeah, I definitely don't think something like that should happen yet either. I, I, at least I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I. Because Bray obviously has never acknowledged that the, that he is the fiend, and do you think maybe there's something to like? Because we still don't know what the Funhouse is yet, and we've had Ramblin' Rabbit a couple times threaten to expose what it really is, and he's not been allowed to. Is this going to be a case of like Bray, like Bray Wyatt is trapped in there? Is Bray, like the Bray Wyatt that we know? Like, does he cease to actually exist? Do you think they'd even go that far into like fiction or fantasy that he's like someone who doesn't exist anymore? I don't know, but I know I would love to see that Bray Wyatt actually out and interacting with the, like the rest of the roster at some point. I just don't know what it would take to get it there at this point. Because so here's another thing and I'm not sure if you guys agree with this. Like I do think that Bray himself is just as important to this as the Fiend is. Like I'm as interested in the Bray part of yeah. it as i am in the fiend yeah and i'm assuming Eck and prep you guys agree with that that it's not mostly about the fiend for you it's about both yeah honestly i might even be more interested in bray right which and and i so do you think maybe that aspect of it has just been underexposed to this point oh yeah they they, they there's definitely a lot more legs to stand on there well, yeah, I, I'd like to see it. I still feel like it's weird, the idea of The Fiend holding up the, the championship, but I don't want him to lose that match, so I feel like that's the only real alternative is for him to be the champion at the end of it. Do you uh, hate the idea of a non-finish with that match? I don't hate it, no. I, I think like I could hate it depending on how they do it. Like, Do you have an idea in mind of what you'd like to see, or would you actually have a problem with the non-finish? I mean, I, I think would. the the one that everybody's talking about is the idea of the Undertaker. I mean, that would bother me because, like, <laughs> I see no reason for him to be involved anymore, uh, if especially if they're going to have a match in Saudi Arabia. Oh God! If if y'all saw Pash's reaction when Prep said the Undertaker was priceless, <laughs> so oh, I see everything. <laughs> so so here's the ridiculous part: here, do you not remember how upset everyone was? when Brock ruined the Hell in a Cell match last year, if we go two years in a row of bad finishes with that, it, it, I mean, they, they might as well just burn the cell. Never do it again. <laughs> Never do it again. Right well, down. The, uh, the other Hell in a Cell match is Sasha and Becky Lynch. Um, Eck, how do you feel about the way that they've developed this feud over the last few weeks since their pay-per-view match um average i don't i don't hate it i'm excited that it's in the cell um i like that the i like that the duo of the boston hug connection have kind of been all over the place with 
you know, they're still tagging. It kind of makes you question, like, if they actually hated the idea of being tag champions because, you know, with some of their win-loss record, they could borderline be contenders again. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. I, you know, we have a short amount of time of the shows clashing, the rosters clashing, and I think the Boston Hug Connection have been doing a good job of mingling with other women on both shows. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And Ayla, what about you? Um, as far as building towards the Hell in a Cell, the only real interaction we got with them was when Becky came down to attack Sasha and Sasha retaliated backstage on SmackDown. But I'm but I'm not like they haven't really even though it's only been what two weeks since uh, Clash of Champions, they haven't really done much to like validate the hell in a cell it's just like eric says when sasha and bailey teaming up and they fought alexa and nikki cross twice and like and sasha's facing alexa bliss this Monday night on raw and then they're tagging again on sunday i mean friday going into the pay-per-view which does make sense but like, i'm excited for the match because i'm a fan of both of these women but they haven't really done much to actually build any heat to garner the hell in a cell match post clash of champions yeah, prep. Do you feel like they? Do you feel like they just haven't justified it being in Hell in a Cell? Do you think maybe they should have told a story that justified it before announcing that it was going to be in the cell, or do you think they're just too pigeonholed and that it was definitely going to be? Uh, it's it's these pay per view names that kind of kill them. Yep. Like they just they just want to throw everything. If if it was up to them, they'd have like a TNA lockdown style pay per view. <laughs> They just want everybody. <laughs> so they they would do do all the matches like that if they could. Yep. Yep. But that's where they stole the idea from anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Isn't it TNA guys booking these shows these days anyway? Just about. <laughs> I oh, do. Actually, here's a quick question. I don't know if you guys chimed on this lately, but what do you guys think about all the advertisements are going back to the uh, the red cell? I hope not. I, I said that last week quickly. Like, I hope they don't bring that thing. Because you, you can't see. It's going to be the red cell. I know it is. But you can't see. It better not be. I know it is. I feel like it's going to be the regular fence, but. No, because like Eric said, like they keep showing like the cage coming down and the clips and all. But like, mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. see in that damn thing. Prep, do you think it'll be the red cell or the regular silver? I'm not gonna lie. I don't even remember a red cell. What year was I, that? I, I don't last either. year. It was last year. Last oh, year. Oh, really? That last recent? Year? It was last year. Jeff Hardy and Orton was last year. Yes. You That's know what? When Brock came back. I so. So what? Wh- which matches were in the, the cell, cell last year? It was Brock and Jeff, and it was. I mean, um. Randy and Jeff, and it was Boren and Jeff, Braun, and then and Roman, Braun and Roman. So yeah, I think I remember why I don't remember the Red Cell. On the way to X House to watch Hell in a Cell, I got in a car accident, and I don't remember anything from that pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last that time we were all together. Yeah, yep, that was yep. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't like I that pay-per-view is a complete blur to me i don't remember the red cell at all but i I hope it's not but if it was just last year i assume they probably made that decision 
I, I think what they've done has been fine. I just think knowing it's in Hell in a Cell before you've like made it necessary to be in Hell in a Cell, take something away from it. But I did, I did really like the uh, the backstage attack by Sasha on SmackDown. I thought it was well done. I thought it was good. I thought like that. To me, that felt like there was a lot of intensity in it. Um, and yeah, I, I think like regardless of the story that they've told up to this point, both of them are great, and I do think it'll be a, a really fun and a really good match. Um, and they obviously have another week to build it even a little more. Uh, the next thing I had in my notes, which is not as big of a deal probably to everyone as it is to me, uh, but Carmella finally becoming now, the Pat, 24-7 champion. You know what that means so much to me. I do know it means a lot to you. And <laughs> I have to say, I had been saying from the beginning I was waiting for her to turn on him, <clears throat> but I love that she didn't even turn on him and he wasn't even mad. Like He was proud of her that she won it. And Renee Young had the best line. I don't know if you heard it, but I did. Like, oh, oh, you could hey, you could copy the 24/7 title. <laughs> so good. Oh my god, it was great. I think that went over my head. I heard her say constantly, but I didn't think I thought she, I didn't know she was including him in the statement. Yeah, yeah she, she said, said it, what, he piggyback he, he didn't he piggyback off it and said I feel like my life's in jeopardy. Yeah. Yes. He said now my life's in jeopardy or something like that. And I just so, loved the way that the whole thing started with her stopping everyone. Like, yeah. please, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm always running. Like, and then she wins it, and then he's happy that she did it. And then he yeah, still and, carried her out. No, but the, the best part was right after she won, all the women came yeah. out of the locker room, which was great. <laughs> and on SmackDown, after she tapped out to the bank statement, he drags her out the ring, puts her over her shoulder, and then the women start chasing truth, and she's unconscious. Fantastic. It is. I mean... That guy, I'm so glad he got the chance to flourish with this title. And when he's not involved in it anymore, it won't mean anything anymore. 19 times. <laughs> now, now I've enjoyed all everything going on with it. It's always been fun. But I'm not, not the only one who agrees that I wish they would sanction more matches actually for it. Yeah, I, I do. And then we get the chaos afterwards. Yeah, because just because I mean, you like, put a match, there been two two sanction matches. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like you said, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like if you think, because like even with the hardcore title, even though you make hardcore title matches, people will still interfere in those matches. So it's like, yeah, and like I would be fine with them interfering, but like I just would like something to take. Yeah, I, I get place it. In a ring. Yeah, I get and it. I mean. Yeah, because just because a pay-per-view has a 24-7 title match on it doesn't mean you can't do more, like, goofy shit. Yeah. Like, exactly. afterwards or, or throughout the show. Um, yeah, I, I loved it, though. I thought it was great. I thought they really did a good job the way they did it. Did not do it the way I anticipated. Like, I love that he's fully on board with supporting her. He's, like, her muscle as a 24-7 champion. Did you see the picture Carmella posted with Graves? Look at the title. And she's I like, did. my... I she was like, my eyes are up here. And he was looking down at the belt. <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh, I I actually would uh, absolutely love him being a champion. Who, Corey? Yeah. I wouldn't hate it at all. Prep, he deserves I it. I don't feel like... He, he, him, and, him and Jeremy, former NXT Tag Champs, then boom. <laughs> 24-7. 
prep, are, do you still get the same enjoyment out of the twenty four seven title as you were before? I feel like I don't, I can't recall really talking to you about this title in a while. Yeah, we talked to Jeremy about it. <laughs> yeah, I think that this kind of reinvigorated it because it was kind of they pushed it aside, even though it was like, like I said about the fiend, like probably the hottest thing on like anything but the show. Yeah. Like it gets it gets more views than the clips from the show, and they would just like throw it on Instagram sometimes. But it uh, the whole Carmelo thing kind of works out for the better, and it gives like the geeks, the dudes that suck, like a break from running around. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the jobber chicks can come out. Yeah, Tamina even made a return. She did. How great was I'm it that surprised Kyrie she could run. was chasing her with yes, the telescope? so good. So good. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, a, a nice little touch. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it from here on out. I would like to see Carmella start challenging Truth's all-time record. <laughs> she might be there in like a month. Who knows? He, he ain't no raven. <sighs> he could be. He could be eventually. Is it officially 19 for him? Yeah, according to WWE, it's 19. Good for him. I, I need to see him get to 20, though, for sure. But I'm happy that he surpassed Richard. <laughs> Who, who's going to be on Raw Monday night? Yeah. And SmackDown Friday. So stupid. <laughs> uh, so Kofi Kingston. Like where? Hey guys, I'll I'll do I'll do these shows. Just look, pay me for the man. <laughs> where do you guys? What are you guys feeling about Kofi right now? Knowing what he's in store for on next Friday night. Is there more of a story in him winning the title again? I don't. I don't know. I I could be. I don't think so. Like, do you feel like there is? <clears throat> I, that's why I asked you. I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't think. <laughs> like, could they pull something out that's really good? Sure, but like in my mind, they can never come close to duplicating that story that they told leading up to WrestleMania and on the evening of WrestleMania. So I like, and I don't know if they ever even put the title back on him again after this, especially well, if he's going to be on SmackDown. Like, I think they're one. Do you think the New Day stays on SmackDown? Do they stay together? And yeah, do they stay together? Like, do they now push them more as the new day as opposed to one guy standing out apart from them? I think they're going to want to push the new day like in this next era or whatever you want to call it. So I don't know. I I think it sucks that it basically we all as fans knew when Brock walked out there last week that it was over for Kofi. it's just really disappointing to me that we just like knew it's ending there, and none of us saw it coming. So maybe we give them credit for that, but I don't know. Prep, that does deserve credit. That always does. Well, Prep talked a little bit on uh, your boy Elroy last week um, about Brock being thrust into the title picture, and I do. I'm glad that I that I thought of this because I wanted to bring this up. Prep asked Andre, who is a very casual wrestling, hardcore MMA fan, very casual pro wrestling fan. He asked Andre, what do you think about like Brock getting thrown on SmackDown into the title picture and will probably be the champion? 
and said that he's going to win it from Kofi Kingston. And what WWE thinks is that the casual fan wants to see Brock. And they probably think the casual fan who's an MMA fan wants to see Brock. And Prep can attest to this. Andre's reaction was he was so excited to learn that Kofi was the champion. (laughs) Didn't care about Brock showing up. Didn't care that Brock was going to win it. He was like, that makes me so happy that Kofi's the champion. And then Prep told him, like, yeah, he just beat Randy Orton. He's like, what? He beat Randy Orton? And he was, like, all excited about that. So, if anything, it completely disproved WWE's theory that Brock is this massive draw and proved my theory that the casual fan does not care about Brock. Prep, would you agree with that? 100%, especially (laughs) after last week. And Alo, what do you think about the, the casual fan marking out for Kofi beating Randy Orton and being the champion and not caring at all about Brock Lesnar? I think that's great. Like, and, like him, him and Phil will be a hell of a tag team. Oh yeah, they would. <laughs> oh, <laughs> deadly. The, the casuals. And Alo, didn't I tell they you last the, week? They had the. There was the B team, and now we found the C team. <laughs> <laughs> I uh. I just said on the show last week or the week before, like the myth of Brock as the draw that like even the MMA fans don't care about him. And literally within 48 hours, Andre completely proved it for me. So I am forever indebted to Andre for, for that reaction he had last week. Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah, it's just like, like, like Fox is, I don't know. I don't know how Fox views. Well, I know Fox views Brock as all the UFC guys since Fox is in the UFC pot, but it's like, who knows? They might soon know that nobody cares, and they're paying WWE a billion dollars. You pay me a billion dollars, you want Brock to be a champion? Fine, here you go. So you're saying it might take Fox to finally prove that the truth that Brock Lesnar is not the draw that they think he is. Well, Fox may still think he's a draw, but they got to find out on on their own. Well, I have a feeling they're going to find out <laughs> that he's not. Uh, well, um, hold on. I didn't watch SmackDown live, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but when I was uh, recapping and skimming through it during Valentina's karate class earlier, I watched the promo what belt. Does she have now? By Brock. the way, she's still in Tiger Green. Okay, <laughs> she been she been missing classes too much. They ain't letting her test anytime soon. Okay. she but wants to stay in green because it's your favorite color. <laughs> she she loyal. She loyal. <laughs> so, um, did anyone see the promo pack? Yeah. So my initial opinion on it is, damn, like, he's, despite being part-time, he is so, you know, the bad rep Roman gets, the bad rep Cena gets, like, forced down our throat. Because it's like, wow, like, he just got out of the Universal title picture. And, like, this video package comes out, like, like he's been gone for years. It's like he didn't <laughs> exist. And they, they started off by showing some of his stuff from, like, you know, yep. 15 years ago. They started by showing the young Brock pre-chest hat, SmackDown stuff. And I'll, I'll be honest, when I started watching it, I think I was driving and I paused. And I was like, this actually might be good. And then I, when I rewatched it later, I'm like, all right. To a casual fan, my honest opinion, that the package is awesome and it should get someone excited for it. And... If you're someone that hasn't watched, you may remember some of that stuff, or it could be, it could be, you know, you remember that stuff from back then, or it's the stuff from six years ago with him and Mark Henry. You may remember that. So I do see there, 
my opinion, I think to casual fans, there is a selling selling part of him. I think it's cool that Andre knows who Kofi Kingston is, but I think the overall laughs fan or a more someone that may like you know may stop at your house to watch WrestleMania. They know they remember who was in WrestleMania's main event last year. They don't remember who was defending the tag titles during the pre-show. That's true, and I guess you, you're making good, a good point with the idea that like there's a history of Brock Lesnar for them to sell as they're promoting yeah. this new show. And and like so, at the end of the day, when you know you say that casual fan, I like to look at it like this. If you talk about someone that's never been a wrestling, but now during any of Fox <clears throat> Sports's live shows, if during a timeout break or in the commercial, they run an advertisement for SmackDown, that person that's never been a wrestling fan, Kobe Kingston's going to come up. They don't know who that is. Brock Lesnar comes up. They're going to know who Brock Lesnar is, whether they ever watch wrestling or not. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to impact them in the ratings department the way that they think it is. Not to mention, oh, it's it's not going to it's not going to move the marker dramatically, but it, you know, it's there is the chance that whether even in the office, I mean, there are probably people in Fox that are saying um, now Orton is probably a recognizable name, but if you talk about like. Kofi Kingston was just having matches with Samoa Joe. There are uh, people in Fox that are probably like, I don't know who either of these guys are. Oh, I heard of that Randy Orton guy. And then like, oh, Brock Lesnar's an option? Yeah, run with that. Run with that. So I don't know what made me just think of this right now. But uh, obviously you guys know I had been a big proponent of the, the Peanut Butter Falcon movie with Shia LaBeouf with the, the guy with Down Syndrome who wants to be a pro wrestler. Uh, I saw like some press that Shia did with the, the guy, Zach, who plays the main character. And they were talking about how much this guy, Zach, was a fan of WWE. And they asked Shia, who's your favorite wrestler? And he's like, well, I never really watched wrestling until I watched it with Zach preparing for this movie. And he's like, Roman Reigns, that's probably my favorite guy. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Shia jumped they, immediately on the Roman Reigns bandwagon. No, this was in like an interview he did. Wait, 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 wait. that was in the movie. Oh, oh. No, no, not in the movie. Although Jake the Snake was in the movie, not as Jake the Snake, but he did have a part in it. Um, but I love that Shia LaBeouf immediately gravitated to Roman Reigns as his favorite wrestler, not knowing anything about wrestling. Um, good taste. He does have good taste. Uh, I only have a couple. I only have one more thing for WWE, so you guys can feel free to throw things in. And this isn't even big, but how good was Ember Moon's? Stunner off the ring apron. Great. Ne very innovative. Never seen it before. Thought it was very impressive that she came up with that. Is she ever going um, to get a push? She just had no. a push. Like a real one. No, I don't think so. Eck, what were you going to say? Uh, I actually, passed. I had a question for you. I've been thinking about this all day. Before we get off the topic, mm -hmm. I just want to know your personal preference. I actually am interested you don't need a safe face for the show. Okay. But we all know present day, you deeply despise Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Past couple of minutes, you made that clear. You're obviously not a big fan of Randy Orton. Correct. In, in, retro, in retrospect, looking forward to next Friday, Brock versus, or Brock versus Kofi. If 
Brock is going to be the face of SmackDown with the WWE title, and we know we're not seeing that weekly. We know we're not seeing him in matches with it. We know he's not defending it. He's not going to be in a tag team with the Revival facing the New Day in a six tag. Would you have rather Kofi drop the strap to Warren, or are you more fine with him doing it to Brock next Friday? So I don't even obviously have to, everyone can answer. Yeah, I don't even have to think about it. I would have rather him dropped it to Randy at the last pay per view. There was honestly a part of me that was thinking that might happen anyway, just for Kofi to win it back at Hell in a Cell. Um, but yeah, I would rather have had that happen, especially because like Randy did really good work during that feud with Kofi. So like that. I can't really take anything away from him. I don't know, anybody else have any thoughts? Would you rather Randy have won it, or would you rather Brock win it next week? Uh, I'll take Rand- Randall all day. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it's, like I said, I still think that there's a story in him being the champ twice. So if he would beat Randy for the title back, I think that means more than if he beats Brock, because we've already talked about how Brock isn't the star that he, we, everybody thinks he is. Right, and also... <laughs> Andre made it very clear that Randy Orton was one of his favorites, if not his favorite. He actually apologized to me on the show for saying how much he liked Orton. But as repayment for him being more excited about Kofi Kingston than Brock, for Andre, I definitely would go with Randall over over Brock. Perfect. Yeah, good, good, good question, though, because if you had asked me that like three months ago, I probably would have had to really think about it, but... Yeah, like I wouldn't. If they got the drop of the hat now, yeah, like if Randy had won it at the last pay per view, I wouldn't have been like disgusted on Wednesday when we did this show. When we do this show two Wednesdays from now, and Brock is the champion, I will be disgusted. And yeah, I mean, just be prepared to be disgusted. I guess I'm I'm ready because (laughs) I mean, I I guess the the way I look at it is. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it's one of those things like when Kofi won the title, I loved it. And we know I championed his title reign. I, I think it's great. It's an awesome six months. His six months has been a lot better than a lot of people's two months or ten months or a year reign. Um, he's definitely going to go down as one of the better WWE champions in, you know, recent memory. It also but, is way better than any of us expected that it would be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all expected it could have been 14 days. Mm-hmm. It could have been two days. Um, I just think, I always look at it like, all right, it's interesting when he's facing someone and he has like a really good match and win. And then I'm thinking like, a year ago, it could have been the New Day versus such and such. And like random half of a lower level tag team is pinning Kofi. The way I really just look at it is like, Kofi and Brock did have a match a few years ago and Brock ate him a lot. So how much more of a fight can he put up? Like, I, I really hope it's a competitive match. There's a, I mean, we are skipping over the fact that we could get a really good match. I, I pray to God it's not going to be a squash. I am of the belief that it's going to be a squash, that they want to present him on that first show as the beast incarnate, like fully, like I think this is going to be That would be real squash. disrespectful to Young Coke. Yeah, he doesn't deserve that, but I think that's what he's what he's gonna get next Friday. Uh, I don't have any more WWE stuff, so does anybody have anything from WWE that they want to bring up? Oh, did you guys see the Sasha Banks Chronicle? I didn't. I did. 
What'd you think? I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, uh, like she hit up, she she touched on the report about how she was crying on the middle of the floor, and she was like, "What pictures do you guys see that? I don't know where that came from." I was out watching the main event with the fans with Pam because <laughs> they were calling Bailey Pam. Yeah, the, the entire episode, and there is that picture of her watching WrestleMania in the crowd with with Bailey. So I, I, I thought it was really good. And uh, she talked about how she wasn't really feeling herself ever since the whole page thing and how she needed the time off because it's been so long since she saw what her natural hair color was since anybody ever called her Mercedes. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really good, especially for her since we had so many questions. The fact that they put this out right away, I thought it was a really good idea. And it even led to Ryan Satin apologizing for the report. That she no, was crying. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, still don't like him though. Nah. <laughs> was, was that uh? Was that Prep's boy at the bar in Chicago? Yeah, that was him. Prep, Prep was like, "Do you know who this is?" I'm like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> Prep was that your boy? I love fifing people up like they're important. <laughs> <laughs> that is Prep's gimmick. <laughs> Um, I assume it's good. That's the best content WWE does is that kind of stuff. So yeah. I have no, no doubt that it was actually good. Whenever uh, Thursday night Mish asked me to put something on, I'm like, you actually want to watch like, in-ring content? Because this other shit be good. <laughs> uh, Prep, you got anything else from WWE? Uh, no, I talk AEW. All right, well, that that was the next thing I had. Like my question is that there's the only note I had. AEW. I wish I could have seen Prep while he said that. <laughs> my question is AEW. Like, what should we expect? So Prep, you could you could take it first, or, or go in any direction you want with with AEW. All right, so like I'm excited for next week the TV show, right? Mm-hmm. But I pray to God that that statement that Cody Rhodes put out is the last time I have to hear rah rah speech from any of them i'm so sick of it i couldn't even read it bro i couldn't even read it i'm so tired of that i didn't pay it any mind but you already know there'll be somewhat of a current call yeah as long as it doesn't happen on live tv yeah yeah i'm fine with that too but i don't know like uh what's the matches advertised for next week i know cody's gonna face sammy guevara and he says if he doesn't beat him then He'll, he won't challenge Jericho at full gear. Uh, the women's title, that'll be, that'll be determined, the women's champion. But that NXT card is stacked, man. First time we go, first time they'll go head-to-head, because NXT will be two hours next week because Suits was finishing up. That's why one hour was on USA and one other hour was on the network. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Listen, if um, anything, we just- know that everybody's going to turn on that first, like, Oh yeah, yeah I know that. To see the, we want to see what it looks like. We want to see, and they're running some interesting arenas. Like besides, like the one in DC. Like when they come to Philly, they're running the Leah Cora Center. So if anything, I think it's going to be set up like that last, uh, the show in Jacksonville they did for mm. the gun control awareness or whatever. Yeah, you think that's going to be like that'd be cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean? everybody like that. I'm about to start writing letters every week. I want one of those. Um, I always associated with ECW, but I didn't realize until older years that WCW did it too. I want those um, 
the stage that comes right up to the ring. So mm. if you do like a back body drop, you land on the stage at the same level. I always like those. Like TNA? TNA used to do that. Oh, they were biting off PCW, so. Like, what do you think, Pash? So, Monday Raw, Tuesday Impact, Wednesday AEW and uh, NXT, Thursday's free, and then Friday's SmackDown. It's too much. AEW <laughs> pay-per-view Don't on tell Saturday. Me. Bela, Bela will tell you. On Thursday, Thursday ain't free. <laughs> I don't know. I like look. Am I oh, happy? Man. Am I happy that like all these people in the wrestling industry have all these places to work? Like absolutely. Like would I like to see all these shows succeed on their own so guys can get paid and whatever? Of course. But like I cannot devote that much time to pro wrestling. Like if I think of any form of entertainment, I don't want to devote that much time to it. Like, think I'm trying to think of like my favorite shows. So, Lost, one of my favorite shows of all time. If you told me it was on four nights a week, I would get sick of it eventually. I wouldn't like it anymore. So, to me, wrestling got. I mean, the only the only real chance they would have for any one of these shows to truly get me on board is like to do something different, something that sets them apart. And if they're all just different versions of the same basic thing, I'm going to have a hard time like truly fully investing in any one of these promotions. But uh, that to me that's just too much wrestling on TV. I don't know, do, do it, it, who agrees with me and who disagrees with me about that that it's just too much. Um it's a lot, but at the same time it, it's all about how much of it you digest? Like, if you just have something on the background, like for example, if you're watching Impact on Tuesday, it's not it's not wrong with having it on the background as long as you're not like really like dissecting it and digesting it and stuff. So the same thing with NXT, it's just on. You know, you watch AEW, you're tuned into that, and you actually like into what's going on there. But and then SmackDown, who knows how we're going to have to review that? But I think SmackDown's beef. So you, could, so you could. So you could. So who knows? <laughs> well, I'm worried about your schedule for Thursday night, Mish. But anyway, uh, like that said, like it's all about it's all about how much you actually want to like intake. Yeah. Do, do you even think there are enough people that give a shit about wrestling to sustain all these shows? Yes. Do yes. you really? If you yes. would have talked to me in 2014, I would have watched everything. But like it's but 2019 now. So you won't. Yeah, I'm, the way I look at it, I think it's really good that there is options. I'm just not going to be the guy having the full course meal. So Eck, you probably like that echoed my sentiment the best. Like it's great that fans have their options to go down. It's great for everyone involved that like everyone has their own opportunity. But I cannot support all of it. I'm just not interested enough yeah, to do that. I, I'm certain from like the early to mid to later 2000, 2000s that there were people that watched TNA and preferred TNA over WWE and maybe didn't watch WWE. And I think maybe in a few months you're going to have people that just watch Impact and they don't watch nothing else. Or maybe they watch a little bit of Indies, but they hate WWE and still don't watch it. 
maybe Richie's dream a couple years ago is going to come true. Maybe people are just going to watch NXT, watch the um, takeovers, and that's their fandom. There's going to be people that are going to watch um, Wednesday Night Dynamite, and they're going to watch their pay-per-views, and that's life. Yeah, and then the way you go – and then, like, the – it's a lot different now. Like the way you could digest this stuff is like in the YouTube clips. They all cut the clips up into three minute clips, so you can actually watch it that way to cut all the filler out of it. So it's possible, but you don't have to watch it live. So if you only could pick two nights to watch live wrestling out of the week, which two would they be? Now here's a trick question: Wednesday, are you double dipping? It, that's your option. If you if you want to flip back and forth to both, like the old Raw Nitro days, if you want to pick one over the other, that's completely your uh, discretion. It's Mondays and Wednesdays for me. So Raw and then the two shows. Yeah. I'm, I'm piggybacking on prep. Monday is sports to have it. I think anyone that doesn't say Monday, if you don't say Monday, don't you, then you really got to just have the shovel out for WWE. You, they got to be dead to you. I can tell you one person who would not say Monday. Yes, yeah. because yeah. you can't say your cable. Uh, so what would your two nights be? <laughs> My two nights. What would your two nights be? Uh, Wednesday and Friday. Really? So, so SmackDown. Wow, we know you're a Brock Mark. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I say Friday for, like, the, the sheer curiosity of, like, what does this – what do they do on, like, a broadcast channel? Like – and now it might not be anything different. It might not be anything bold or new, but to me, I do have that like curiosity of this is the biggest platform they've ever had. How do they handle it? Like, I want to see that. I'm curious about that. And after a few weeks, I might decide, you know what? Fridays aren't for me. Honestly, my, (laughs) for me, it wouldn't be hard to whittle it down to two. It's like, what do I even want to bother with on a second night? Like that would be what it is for me. Prep. What would your two nights be? You said Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, cause on on uh, Fridays they're gonna put the the belt on Rocky Maivia. <laughs> and Alo, how about you? Your two nights? It'll be uh, Monday and Wednesday, because like I like I said, like I'll watch SmackDown. I'll catch it at another time. It'll be it'll be streaming somewhere. But like Eric said, Monday's forced to have it, which is true, and and I get that. Uh, I, yeah, no, I wish I could weed Monday. Out. If I w- weed Monday out and. It's, it's, I really mean to be a one night gimmick. <laughs> so, like, I, I hate saying this, not to cut you off, Ash. Mm-hmm. Like, when I got back into wrestling, a big part of the reason I did not watch SmackDown, it was on Friday. I was turning 20 years old. I mean, watching Smack, uh, SmackDown live on, uh, on Friday, it, it didn't make sense. Like, it just was something you just didn't do. First time I caught anything in SmackDown, Big pop to the to the boys in the back hmm. um, is going to be. It's the day before the 2011 White Cement Threes dropped. I was moving my aunt into her place. I remember Orton was doing something that might have been his like first interaction with Mahal, but Orton was out there. He was world champion, I believe. I watched like 20 minutes of it, and then I didn't. I didn't watch SmackDown for probably nine months after that. I don't even, and I don't even know if I watch it. I might just watch something on YouTube. Friday is this. You got to be a child or – this is going to be disrespectful to prep and I. You got to be a child or an old dad. <laughs> yeah, let me preference that right. Uh, so my last thing about AEW, do you think there's any chance that 
the amount of hype they've gotten could backfire. Like, the lapsed fan could tune in on that Wednesday night and be like, oh, that's nothing special, it's just a wrestling show. Like, do you worry about that at all? I don't worry about it. I know what's going to happen because this is wrestling fans we're talking about. They complain yeah. about everything. If like, it's for example, it's like talk for example, to him, Bestie. For example, like <laughs> Kenny, for Kenny and the Bucks. Like, this is like with Kenny and the Bucks when they first made it big. Everybody kept saying, "Oh my God, they're they're doing this. This match was great. This match was great." But yeah, but it wasn't on a weekly television show. It was on pay per views or New Japan where they're just going out and having matches with nothing with not much progression going on in the storyline. So it's like every match was just, okay, whatever. We're just having a match to have a match. So those matches were were all like, you could say great or whatever, but it's like they're happening on a week-to-week basis now. So everything isn't going to be balls to the wall as it was in New Japan or wherever the hell you, whatever, wherever the hell you saw. But there are, going to be, there are going to be people that are out here complaining. And like I said, the, the, the one thing to complain about is that undercard because nobody cares about that undercard yet. Because they they, they didn't have they didn't haven't had TV. They're, everybody's just there for Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny, and Hangman, at this, and Jericho at this point. Those are all your marquees. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. This is the last thing I would say because I got mm-hmm. a baby who's about to wake up to yeah, eat. Okay. But let me just remind you guys. Alo just brought up Ring of Honor in New Japan. We did not bring them up not once. Yes, it, I'm, pr- I'm glad you said that. Cause I mean to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said this. The most relevant thing Ring of Honor has done has, is that JB Toys made the damn six-man belts. That's the only thing I've ever heard about y'all say about Ring of Honor in months. <laughs> he just snapped. That's the only thing I heard about heard about it because I always said, I always, always call it the Bullet Club of Honor. That's the only thing that mattered. <laughs> I'll never forget the show we went to. The only things we cared about had to do with the Elite and the Bullet Club. That was yeah, it. That was it. I always made the joke, Bullet Club of Honor, and that was it. Nobody, no, nobody brings the Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring I, was of Honor. Say, I, I think the show we went to, everyone from the Bullet Club that was involved was the Elite. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I think Ring of Honor has just been doing nothing but dumb crap. I think their whole uh, parting ways with the NWA was terrible. They parted ways with New Japan. Um, if they were number two you pr- in America prior to AEW, um, I think they just dropped down a number like four or five. Uh, yeah, and without – I'm so sorry. And without Ring of Honor, New Japan doesn't stand a chance. Well, New Japan is its own thing, so – Well, I'm talking not... about in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Like they don't stand a chance. Uh, I know you guys don't care about it, and I don't even know how excited I am about it, but at least the good thing I think for them – they did manage to, I think, like, their all their tour dates for America. I only know of, like, I only know of three of them. So, uh, I know th- the three I looked into. They all sold out. It's not huge venues, but, I mean, at least that's good. It's not like that their Texas show, at least. I think they started doing more intimate venues. But, yeah, I don't know. They, um, I think they got a lot. I, I think they should focus more on trying to, intrude in American business. I think they're going to have to pair up with someone eventually if they want to. They don't even promote enough for like, like they could run Philly just off word of mouth and sell it out. But so could we, like we could sell out the 2300 arena. I don't even know that white trash around me. Uh, All right, guys, you have a good night. (laughs)
Prep, you too. Prep, you take pleasure to have you back. Tell Good Sandy night, we said hi. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys. Right, well, I'll, I'll talk you. to you guys soon. I'll talk to the listeners next week. Yes. Um, all right. So, Alo, do we have any That's listener questions? That's how we questions? got rid of him. Yeah, well, I got one more, I got one more point mm-hmm. I want to bring up. I'm interested to see what AEW does WrestleMania weekend because you guys know where WrestleMania is. It's in Florida. And and who and whose family owns a football stadium in Florida, in the state of Florida? The uh, Khan family. Yes. So. Well, I, th- I thought it was the Impact family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm just saying I'm curious to see what they're going to do WrestleMania weekend because you know they're going to do something and they have the space. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see something to look forward to for sure. Yeah. All right. So we got a couple of questions. We got one from Kevin Fenty. He asks, "What are your guys' favorite current angle segments?" Current angle segments. Um. So clearly the little cowboy hat. And him saying to Austin and Vince, I feel like a real cowboy wearing that little hat is up there for me. Um, anytime he said Jinder Mayhal is up there for me. Every time. And when he walked out with the shield is was just <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, I have a couple others, but I don't want to steal anyone else's. So, Eck, what about you? Milkomania. Mm-hmm. Um... All his stuff when he was like a, a, a ditzy heel, uh, when he was your continental champion and just thinking he's better than everyone else. Um, the memes from his early time as the general manager, they're here, go, 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 when SmackDown showed up. Mm. Uh, hilarious. Uh, the, you know, I, I'm going to retout what uh, Pass just mentioned, but the, the shield moment, that was great. Um that stupid smile. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? Because I think we, we always skip over uh, Brock's earlier stuff. His his early stuff with Brock, like when they were chug, having the milk chug off, smacking each other. Some of my favorite segments right yeah. there. Ayla, what about uh, you? I still, once a week, bust out laughing randomly from the whole, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, still gets God. me all the time. And, uh, that one promo at Judgment Day 2000, I forgot what he was talking about, but, but like, Pash, anytime you make fun of Cornegos promos, I think it's funny. So the, <laughs> the one at Judgment Day 2000, he was like, so you think that you're all that? I, I don't know why. That's so funny. But it is, I, I cannot stop laughing when I hear Has that Has anyone stuff. played a dork better than Kurt Angle? <laughs> no. And, uh, and, you know, you hate this guy. When he was teaming with Benoit, he tried to give him a hand. She's like, partners don't shake hands. <laughs> they give each other hugs. <laughs> um, there was one other one that that I thought of, and it slipped my mind. Um, oh, another one is like, that's not how you spell soft. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Uh, wow, also, I forgot about that one. The segment with Edge and Christian where they had like the the things on the back. Oh yeah, the back of the cards like you suck uh-huh. and all this stuff. Yeah. I, that was an excellent one too. Uh, yeah, that guy infinitely entertaining. We could probably continue. I mean, even his Hall of Fame induction I thought was great. I was fortunate enough to be there live with it, live at that that with Prep. Uh, it was a fun time. Um, Both of you filled with tears. 
Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Crack Corn. Only two people that cry more than me. <laughs> Jimmy Crack Corn was a great one. Like there, there have been so many. Uh, so Kevin, thank you for the question. Uh, did we have anything else? Yeah, one more from the MC seventy nine. He says he asks, "You're all in matches at WrestleMania. Who is your opponent, and what music do you enter to?" So Matt, thank you for the question. Uh, my match is for sure one hundred percent against one William Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> he gets buried in under 30 seconds and because I am madness and I had my uh, intro music as madness it would be Machine Head by Bush so Alo, what about you? okay well uh, um, my match before yesterday my match w- would have been me versus Earl Hebner false count anywhere <laughs> false count anywhere but uh, but this week, with, with since some events happened in a group text, uh, I would like to be accompanied to the ring. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to be accompanied to the ring by my bestie, and <laughs> w- with two, with our tag with our six man tag titles, taking on Prep's family member Jeremy, <laughs> accompanied by Prep, aka his new best friend. Yes, accompanied by Prep in a. Since I'm Dominican in a no moss match, and <laughs> oh my goodness! And after I destroy him, I will gladly take back the third six man title, and me and my bestie will have to find a new third man. <laughs> I love it; it's excellent. We'll we'll find a new Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> and Eck, what about you? Your WrestleMania match? Oh wait, Ayla, what was your entrance music? Did you say? No, I did not. But it would be uh, Flaving Year. Okay. <laughs> very good Eck how about you your, uh, your Wrestlemania match and your entrance music theme music would be alright I got this I earlier in the show for the long listeners was about how sanctioned 24-7 championship matches don't happen enough in the ring so Carmella would be just getting def- done Defending against Tamina, she just returned. She beats her. Here comes Shawn Michaels' music. Here comes me. I, cha- I chase her to the back of the arena where they have a cot. I get on top of her for longer than a three count. I don't need much more than a three count, but I leave with the 24 7 strap and another notch on the old belt. <laughs> All right, so we all had very different views on on our WrestleMania match. I kind of felt we needed some sen- some sexual music playing after that whole part answer by Eric. <laughs> and maybe no, next we week don't. we'll have to we'll have to reserve that one for prep to see what his answer would be. Uh, but Kevin and Matt, thank you very much for the questions. Always appreciated. Uh, anything else? <laughs> hold on, hold on. I know prep. Prep would have a WrestleMania match against Zack Ryder. And if Prep wins, Zack Ryder does not big league him the next time he sees him in Orlando. <laughs> and does Prep come out to Emma's theme music from NXT? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the bubbles and everything, yes. Yes, I, I could see that. Uh, anything else from anybody? Uh, that's it for me. Eck? That's about it. All right, so... Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 
Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. Alo, would you like to move some merch? Well, I'm going to net to embrace the madness. Okay, so for Ek2 Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. And for the uh, recently departed Josh Prepagina, I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.